Thank you, Chris. Thank you, worship band. Lovely songs, lovely encouragement, as always. And just to say thank you so much for your prayers. As you, as you probably know, the interviews went well uh, on the 22nd. So thank you so much. We, it's, it's an ongoing process, and we really appreciate your, your support. And uh, it's, it's humbling to know you know, God is it's calling us uh, into ministry, but we can't do it without you. So thank you very much for the ongoing prayers and supports. Really appreciate. And God bless us all. So for this morning, as Chris mentioned, I thought it would be a good time for us to reflect on perseverance, a word from God on perseverance in our lives. So I would um, I'll ask um, Chris, kindly offered, and Ruth to Join me in reading the scripture for this morning before we, went, we, we go into the text. Right. Okay, it's from 1 Samuel chapter 1. I think I was pressed again because I looked at, the, uh, looked at the names on this thing. I think I realized why he yeah, got someone else to read them. Uh, verse 1. There's a certain man from Ramathium, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Ilkana, son of Jeratham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah, the other was Penaniah. Penaniah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Pinias, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for, came for Hilkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife, Penaniah and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Ilkana, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't you mean more than ten sons? Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favour in your sight. 
So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then, she, then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house in Rama. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. Thank you very much, Christian. I let you deal with more difficult words, and I knew you better than me, so thank you for that. That's very helpful. We have this amazing passage in the Old Testament about Hannah, about perseverance, and we all need perseverance in our lives, I'm sure, especially us as a family as well as we go in this journey of uh, you know, stepping into ministry. We need to persevere. We need to learn how to persevere. And this message actually was and is for me and for our family as much as I hope it will encourage you this morning. So let's look at this text. Um, and as an introduction, we see here how the story starts. A certain man. I like that. A certain man. At this strategic time in the history of Israel as a nation, where they were moving from the judges' time to king's uh, era, king's period, God began his plan, as he almost, almost always does, with certain people that he chooses to use in his plans. I mean, God can do the work himself or can use angels but he chooses to use people, simple people like me and you, like us today, as he used um, this family back then. Elkanah, we, we learned he had two wives. And just to clarify, polygamy was a fact of life um, in the ancient world. However, it was not God's intention. And the Bible never puts polygamy in a favorable light. Disagreement and conflict always characterizes polygamous families in the Bible. But there was a fact of life back then. And we can see there was an intense competition between Penina and Hannah. Because Penina had children, Hannah did not um, have children. How many years did Hannah suffer and prayed for a son? This text doesn't tell us, but there is some Jewish tradition uh, saying that it may have been 19 years that she endured and asked for children. So 19 years of perseverance. Probably 19 years of perseverance. That's a lot, lot uh, a long time. Let's look at the struggles Hannah faced and the struggles we are facing today as well. So first of all, we need to understand the culture at that time. In 1 Samuel, if a woman couldn't bear children, she was considered cursed. People and neighbors and family will ask, what happened with her? What did she do wrong that you know, she can't have children? So it was a judgmental uh, environment in that time. And society and relatives and neighbors were asking those questions. You know, what happened? What did she do wrong? But God had a plan for Hannah, as he has for each and every one of us. So judgmental environment, you know, preconceptions about people, about who they are. So let's pray nowadays that God will free our minds, our hearts, 
you know, in this fellowship of judgmental uh, thinking, of attitudes and preconceptions, and to let the Holy Spirit to minister amongst ourselves, amongst our relationships with each other of love and respect and compassion. Hannah's situation, we can see, it was hopeless. Have you ever find yourself in a hopeless situation? I'm sure maybe at times in our lives we can't see the outcomes, we can't see the ending of what's happening. So she wept and did not eat because of the conflict between the two wives. Hannah could not enjoy the display of love from her husband, even though they went to, to the temple to worship. It is possible in our lives that problems at home or other conflicts to make our time at church sometimes miserable. You know, Hannah is at the house of the Lord. Silo was the central sanctuary for the Israelites before the king's time when the temple moved to Jerusalem. That was the place they went to worship every year. And she, she was having a double portion, as we read, from her husband, but she can't enjoy it. Maybe sometimes in our lives, you know, arguments at home with husband or, or wife or our wife, or just before leaving the house, going to church, you know, some neighbors, annoying neighbors or colleagues at work, or who knows? And there is a burden in our hearts sometimes. Maybe challenging people in our lives. And I, I came to realize from my life experience so far, you know, the most stressful situations in my life were brought by myself through my, you know, thinking and mistakes and behaviors, but also through challenging people in my life. You know, either people at work, either relatives or neighbors who all have challenging people in our lives. So who is stressing us today? And what is our attitude? Maybe a boss at work, an annoying neighbor, a noisy neighbor, or someone, you know, another Christian fellow, or a relative maybe upsets you. Pressures from others we can see in our lives. And today we're going to learn to persevere in our faith, in our trust in the Lord. Imagine a discussion between the two rivals, Penina and Hannah. Maybe Penina was saying at the temple, what are you thanking God for, Hannah? You know, you have no sons or daughters. What have you brought to this family? You know, that sort of uh, annoying um, picking up on someone. I have secured for the future. We have heirs. We have children to take our family forward. So you see, irritation, provocation, it happened in her life year after year. Even her husband, in verse 8, we read, he asked her, why are you crying? It's a bit of a silly question, isn't it? Why are you crying? Sometimes, instead of helping when you're going through tough times, you know, those questions from other people can do a bit more harm sometimes. Hannah, why, why do you weep? And he says, am I no better to you than ten sons? It seems a bit of a funny answer, full of himself, Elkanah here, saying, you know, I'm enough for you. Why, why are you crying? Am I not enough for you? So sometimes, like many men, let's, let's, let's face it, you know, sometimes we are a bit maybe too direct when we're dealing with situations, too pragmatic and less sensitive 
um, in our response. So he basically didn't help in that situation. So we see in Hannah's life the challenges, anxiety, my husband loves me but don't understand me. Even, you know, at church, maybe the minister may not understand what you may be going through. And I'm honest here. We can see in Eli's situation, the high priest, he wasn't helpful either for Hannah initially. You know, he accused her. Are you drunk? She was praying. She was uh, coming to the Lord and she was praying, moving her lips. And um, Eli accused her that maybe she's drunk. So he, he misunderstood Hannah. I was thinking maybe at that time, you know, maybe there were people at lunch just getting a bit drunk. So probably Eli had that experience with people coming there and just uh, not being uh, in the right places. So maybe he had the right to challenge, uh, to challenge her. So if we look at Hannah's struggles, you know, Penina was picking up on her. Her husband didn't really understood her. Even the high priest wrongly accused her. Lots of pressure, isn't it, in her life. But the perseverance that Hannah demonstrated is amazing. She knew that there is a God who really understands her. She knew that there is someone who is not judging her. She knew that she persevered because she knew that God was there listening to her prayers. She knew that there is hope. And she came year after year after year, insisting and praying, never leaving God. I know people that have given up on God for far less than what Hannah was going through. And I'm sure probably you know people as well. You know, maybe someone saying, I prayed for a job and I didn't get it. Why, why should I pray? Because, you know, God didn't answer. You ask how, how long you prayed? Well, maybe a few weeks, you know. So perseverance, staying with the Lord, waiting for his plan. You know, younger people, as I mentioned in, under, in another message, someone was saying, I was praying for this girl. We are so perfect for each other. And yet God doesn't, you know, make her my, my fiancé. I know we are perfect for each other. Well, that's what you think. Just be patient and persevere in asking the Lord the way for your life. What challenges us today in our faith? Come and tell the Lord in prayer. Come and open your heart, your mind in prayer like Hannah did. We read that the Lord has closed her womb. So beyond Hannah's painful trial, there is a purpose from God, a greater purpose from God. Even through tough times, God was still in charge, we learn from Hannah's story. Even things we don't understand, God is still in charge. And sometimes we, hear, we, we understand God's plan when all is over, when you know, time passes by and say, oh yes, that's how God worked in my life in, during that time. How about us today? Is it possible that God sometimes closes some doors for us? to focus and discipline us and bring us closer to him, to teach us perseverance and to become closer and closer to him. Always people are saying that the depression and anxiety they're going through is hugely ameliorated when they trust less in their feelings and they trust more in Jesus. They put their trust more in Jesus. And that's what happened with Hannah. 
Let's carry on and look at some good, positive attitudes, attitudes of perseverance, but also some not-so-good attitudes when it comes to trials. The wrong attitude someone can have is to hide from the Lord, hide from others, stop coming to the temple, to church, and just giving up praying. You know, that's one attitude people may have. I'm going through too much. There's too much happening. I just can't turn up. The good attitude is to pour your heart in front of the Lord. Talk to Jesus. Hannah said in her prayer, I'm shaken in my spirit. In verse 15, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. She poured her heart in front of the Lord. Just as an example, my daughter Maria, she prayed a lot for Vicenzo. You remember my friend who sadly passed away with cancer, but she prayed pretty much every, every night for Vicenzo. And she's still struggling to understand why God allowed that to happen. And she asked the question, so why? She, he didn't do anything wrong. But in discussions, she equally understands that he is with the Lord, he, with the Lord in heaven. She understands that God has a better plan. Although, you know, at her age 11, it's hard to understand God's plans. So what do we do? when God doesn't answer the right way or the way we want, what do we do? What is the right attitude? And we read through the scripture, for example, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, and for me, this is, this is one of the bedrocks uh, verses, if you like, the attitude of those people of God in, in the face of trials and persecution and threatening for their lives. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the three young men of God uh, who were taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. They say here in verse, um, verses 16 to 18, when they were about to be thrown in a blazing furnace, they say here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, king, to, to, to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into this blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And now listen to this basic principle of faith. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of a gold you have set up. So even though God will not save them, they said, they will not worship other gods apart from the true God that they knew. So perseverance is the answer, waiting on God's time and trust him with our lives. It's not easy sometimes. It's not easy, and we know, especially that in this generation, we are used with instant solutions to our problems, isn't it? Instant, instant gratification, next-day delivery, sometimes same-day delivery, yeah. You want something now, you want it quick, because you need it. And the advert companies, sorry, there may be people here working in advert companies, but you know what I mean. You, the, the advert companies know the mindset of us, and you see those nice adverts that makes you think, if you don't have this object by tomorrow, this week, you're not cool. If you don't go on this holiday, really nice sunny holiday, you're not gonna be happy. If you don't achieve this car or this phone or this smartphone, 
you're not going to have joy. Isn't it that message that we get constantly? But you see, God did not create us to change us instantly, overnight. You know, for example, and I think I provided this um, in another message, a mushroom can grow very quickly in one night, but then animal can step on it and destroy it. It's very fragile. It doesn't last a mushroom. But what about an oak tree? An oak tree takes decades to reach uh, his maturity, its maturity. But that oak tree, my friends, will go through storms, will go through rains, will go through winters, and nothing can take, him, take it out of its roots. You see, God works in us our entire lives. It's not just a day process, one day, one week. Our entire lives, we are in this process of knowing God, becoming closer to him, understanding his love, understanding his plans for us. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, it says so nicely, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So Hannah, in this story, continues to believe God can hear her. She knew God wants good for her, but her emotions were, all, were all, all over the place. And she persevered year after year. She endured humiliation even. Hannah's response is not vengeance, is not angriness towards the people around her, is not angriness towards the high priest who misunderstood her, is not angriness towards Penina who mocked her. Hannah's response is to come to the Lord. You know, it's so easy sometimes to turn against people. Hannah turned to God. And that's the lesson for us today. It's so easy in our lives to try and change other people around us. You know, and we, we take so much effort and so much time and, uh, and anguish and, you know, distress trying to change other people. When the good thing is to come with the Lord and let Lord change us first. Let the Holy Spirit change our attitudes, you know. And that's all over the place in our families, with our neighbors, with people at work, in church, in the fellowship, you know. Hannah could say, I'm not coming with you guys anymore to the temple. You're always picking up on me. But no, she came to worship the Lord. She came to pray to the Lord. Staying close to the Lord and persevered in her relationship. And that's the way for us as well. So turning not against people who may have different opinions than us, who may have different understanding than us, but turning to Lord for wisdom, for understanding. Pour our hearts to the Lord. And that's when he can bless us. She humbly trusted the Lord. And that's the lesson for us. She says, I have poured out my soul before the Lord. And this is exactly what she needed, to pour her soul in front of the Lord. She prayed, O oh Lord, you look at my afflictions. You are sovereign. She recognized God is sovereign in her life. You know everything about me, in other words. So probably in her prayer, she lost her voice 
and she was just praying in her heart. So that is, for us, the right attitude of perseverance. And let's look, finally, at the results of Hannah's perseverance and the results of our perseverance as well. In verse 18, we learn her face was no longer sad. How amazing is that verse? Even before God's response to her prayers, her face was no longer sad. And this is the result of us worshipping our Lord this morning, worshipping God in prayer, giving him thanks. Our faces, we're not going to be sad anymore. We will find joy. How often you may become discouraged here by other people, by what happens in your life. But when you worship God, when you thank Him, when you pray, when you bring your hearts to Him, He changes our inward attitudes, our heart from within. In verse 19, it says, After the prayer, they rose early in the morning and worshipped. So Hannah could generally worship the Lord in faith while the promise was still waiting. That's a big lesson for us. Keep worshipping the Lord even though the answer is not there yet for you or for me. Hannah shows that we can regain the joy of the fellowship in the house of the Lord by pouring our hearts before him and by receiving his word of faith. Amen? Amen. In James chapter 1, verse 12 in the New Testament, it says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. And James chapter 5, 7, 11 says, Therefore be patient, brother, Brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the earthly and later rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Very important lesson for Hannah from Hannah's story. She focused on the things she could change and let the things she could not change in God's hands. What a lesson for us. What she could change. She could change to keep going to church, to keep going to the temple. That she could do. She, keep, she could keep going and asking and worshipping and praying. That she could do. But she could not change people around her. So let's learn this morning. Trust and do persevere in the things that are in your hands to do. And let God do the rest of the job. For Hannah... The results of her perseverance was a son, Samuel, who will change the history of Israel forever, if you read the next chapters. He was the last judge and prophet before the nations was entering the king's period. Samuel is a figure who, in narratives of the Hebrew Bible, plays a key role in the transition from the judges to the kings. He anointed, as you remember, Saul and David, a man, a prophet of God. And what we also learned that after she received the answer, she still carried on with her relationship with God. She made a vow. She continued to grow in her relationship with God. She didn't say, oh, thank you, God. 
That's a nice answer to prayer. See you later now. She continued to say, I'm going to give this child to the Lord. The Lord gave, it, gave him to me. I'll give it back to the Lord. She grew in her faith through perseverance. So that's what God is doing in our lives. From this story, let's learn that maybe this morning we're saying, I don't understand what God wants from me. I don't see fully my role. I don't see fully what God is doing with me. We learn from Hannah. Let's persevere. Stay close to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. Seek his face. And he will show his plan to us like he did with Hannah. She never gave up on God, even when the times were tough. And let's look through the scriptures at other heroes of faith. They never gave up on God, even with the price of their lives. And I'll end up with this scripture in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, when Apostle Paul sees his life as a journey. And he says here, Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on. He knew he's not perfect, but what he was doing, he was pressing on. Pressing on, as we say, we can crack on, yeah? We can crack on with our lives, with our faith. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, forgetting the past, things that have upset us, learning from them but forgetting them, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal. He was pressing. He was carrying on. And that's what we learned this morning. For the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. And I pray this morning for God to help us all to persevere, to help us all to always come to him and for the Holy Spirit to put love, care, and understanding in our lives for other people surrounding us. In Jesus' name, amen.